welcome back to the chemist confessions episode <laughs> it is a very uh friendly and human conversation between myself i'm gloria and, and i'm victoria uh two chemists just talking about all things skincare i just like how you said a friendly we're so friendly we are so friendly <laughs> <laughs> are we not oh man uh what have we been up to Gloria? uh a whole ton of stuff yeah. so um anyway before we dive into the episode just a little preview today's meet will be all about acne mm. the dreaded topic that yeah, it's a dense one, but uh, a pretty important one, I think. So we're excited. Yeah. Um, but before we get started with the brand update, what are we drinking, Victoria? Yeah, so today I am drinking a Cali Creamin from Mother Earth. And uh, it tastes like a vanilla soda. It's delicious. It is delicious. Yeah. I am having a probiotic zero sugar 101 Cider House's Frosted Tips. It's got 7% alcohol. And, and probiotics. And probiotics. They cancel out each other, right? <laughs> That's how that works. Yeah, uh, I just feel like lately, every I like the um, effort to do better, even in the alcohol industry. Um, though I don't know what probiotics means here, but I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, our friend who introduced us to this was like, yeah. oh yeah, because the zero sugar goes down so easy. And it's like so good for you. I had five of them the other day. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if that's how that works, but uh, all right. I will say it does go down easy. That's, that's for does. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get started, I actually have an icebreaker. Oh boy. Uh-huh. It's been a while since we've done this, but it's not. I guess it's not really an icebreaker, but... I always feel like, you know, when you have a co-founder and you go down this startup journey, you learn a lot about them. And <laughs> I feel like we've been through so much together. We've gone to naked bathhouses together. Yeah, that was very interesting. We've also, like, accidentally ended up at a very... Uh, just shady motel situation (laughs) um but this time i have learned something new about gloria that i didn't know and Mm. i feel like that is it's just a it's a discovery um so the story goes uh and i gloria has no recollection of this no not at all (laughs) we take a lot of calls for vendors for you know um any sort of supplier we everything's on zoom nowadays sometimes the calls are not that interesting and We'll like basically take a lunch, like secretly take a lunch during those calls. And I witness Gloria <laughs> bring her sandwich and eat it in rotation. Like she literally spun her sandwich and ate it in a circle during this conference call. And I watched her eat that. And I'm like, she's a freak. <laughs> Oh my, that is such a, <laughs> you're right, I never quite noticed that about myself. Yeah. I don't cut off the crust, but that's my way of saving the best for last, I guess. Yeah, so I've learned that, and I don't know if any of you guys have interesting sandwich eating behaviors, but that is a new one for me. <laughs> so uh, if you rotate your sandwiches, please let me know, and don't make me feel so alone. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I will come yeah. up with something for Victoria next time. Yeah. So anyways, that's my icebreaker. But otherwise, let's get into some brand updates. All right. To start, Mr. Reliable 2.0. Ah, finally. Yay. So we have officially kicked off our hatchery. Um, that's actually started back in 2019. Um, if you listen to our previous episode on oily skin, we briefly talked about it. 
But yeah, the screener is now open for you all to join. So we really hope you do. We want to hear your voice and play a part in our product development. So if you feel like you're just, you know, product just hasn't been made for you, this is your chance to like get in that input. So I really hope you guys will join. Yeah, this is how we launch our blank slate cleanser as yeah. well as our um, baby steps gentle exfoliating booster. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it was a shame that due to COVID and a lot of things going on, we really couldn't have done anything for the hatchery in 2020. Right. So. For a lot of you, this might be completely news to you that we even have something like this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I hope this is a really good re reboot of the Hatchery program. Yeah. And after Mr. Reliable 2.0, I hope we have a few more good things lined up in the pipeline for you guys we in the Hatchery. Oh, we, we will. will. Oh, we're so close. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. yeah. Can't wait. Um, it, hopefully you guys also see this. It's a sign that Mr. Wywell is moving forward. There's life in the project. Yeah, so really <laughs> excited about that. Um, and then we're just going to end on some nice words. Yep. So uh, these are some of our latest reviews. Yeah. The first one is about our blank slate cleanser. Um, <laughs> the title is Gentle and Hydrating. It says, absolutely my favorite cleanser. <laughs> absolutely my favorite cleanser. My skin is extremely sensitive right now. And this is one of the few cleansers that doesn't cause irritation or dryness. Yes. It doesn't remove all my eye makeup. So I do double cleanse around the eyes. Otherwise, one cleanse is still all I need. Yay! Uh, that's the goal. Yeah, this is great because this is exactly what we formulated the cleanser to be. So really happy that Blink Slate works out for you. Mm -hmm. um, right. And next is a very short to the point review for the specialist the title is love exclamation mark yeah and so it says i really love this product my favorite part is that it can be used in different ways definitely will repurchase so i really want to highlight this because um when we designed the asset booster we yeah. really want people to take control and understand their skin and own your routine that's always the goal because the yeah. reality is it's about being friends with your skin. It's like learning how it responds. Everyone's unique. <laughs> so uh, I am very glycolic tolerant, but that doesn't mean gold standards for everyone. So um, when we create these boosters, we want them to be highly efficacious, mm -hmm. but can be flexibly incorporating into mm -hmm. your routine how you see fit. Yeah. Um, so sometimes that, that communication can be hard, though. Yeah. Because... I've been calling in like, oh, it's a booster mask. And I'm like, huh? And we're like, oh, it could be used three ways. They're like, what? So yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's like, it takes a little bit. And like, we, do we rely on Victoria to make really cool graphics? Can I showcase <laughs> the different ways that we envision this acid booster to be yeah. used? So just really happy that someone, um, that one of our customers really appreciate the multi-use facet. For sure. And I always feel like it, it's hard because you're, I think the user's so used to being like, there's an expert and it's not me. Mm -hmm. So there's no confidence in like trying right, to exactly. take ownership and driving that direction. And we keep having to remind people, it's like, you're the only one that's had to live with your skin. And it truly is like, I don't know if it's like a friendship. I will, sometimes it's a sibling relationship. Mm. It's like, you don't always get along. It's you don't always understand each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, hopefully by giving that kind of like, dynamic experience like you will know and you know like all your cues and i feel like it makes you like pay attention to like what's going on with your skin a lot more for real and i think that's everyone's um 
everyone's journey is yeah. how to learn to read the love languages of your skin it's a journey you don't have to consult astrology <laughs> to do this you mean when saturn is in my left yeah, quadrant venus is in retrograde yeah, i don't have to worry about that so yeah awesome. awesome um but yeah i think it's time for the news in the news do, do, do. Do, is that the, do we need do, a new do, jingle do, 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 do. news breaking news okay anyway <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> we haven't started drinking early, I promise. <laughs> it's just Friday. <laughs> so I saw an article yeah. that highlights the most popular brands on TikTok. Oh right? my god, more TikTok. Not unexpected at all. It goes the ordinary. Mm-hmm. And then you have brands like CeraVe, mm-hmm. L'Oreal, Glossier, Dove, Olay, mm-hmm. Neutrogena, Kiehl's, Cetaphil, and Estee Lauder. So that rounds up on the top nine. Um, For me, I was like, oh, that's really cool. You ever think it's like whoever has the biggest marketing budget? Yes, exactly. I read it. I was like, oh, yeah. So, like, the nine, like, top brands have the height. Cool. That's (laughs) that's new. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Also, like, Dove does a lot of really great marketing campaigns. So, it makes sense that they're in there, too. Um, But, yeah, I just feel like, oh, who has the biggest budget? (laughs) Yeah, and I also wanted to share that because, uh, Nothing makes me feel older than watching my niece's TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not with the types anymore. I have no idea what any of these things are. I know, and the dancing and the movement. Yeah, 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 for sure. I agree. All right, what else we got? All right, so next, this is kind of out the left field. It's, yeah, but anyway, this company called Simrise. A lot mm. of you don't know what it is, but it's one of the biggest uh, flavor, perfuming, and ingredient supplier in the world. Um, they are recruiting for their perfumery school. Mm. And what I find fascinating is um, it is a whopping five-year program. Ooh. Yeah, so if you're interested and you think you got a good nose, uh, they're open for new students. And um, I just really want to share that I've had... A few like experiences like yeah. working with like um professional perfumers. Sure. One, I was just a tourist. Uh I was in Nice. I think this perfume house was in Monaco or something like that. Ooh, but fancy. It was just a tour. Yeah. And they're talking about like how few professional like perfume I forgot the term that they use, but basically at the highest level of certificate you can okay. get. Um, but yeah, I was there and they give, obviously gave you a bunch of samples to smell. I couldn't smell the difference between anything. I was going to add, um, fragrance is probably, it's probably the most artistic of yes. all the departments in cosmetics. Um, it does require, um, a very sensitive olfactory, uh, reception situation going on, um. At L'Oreal, um, when we worked there, um, they too also had their fragrance department. And it's fascinating what you learn in that, like, there's certain scents that just immediately weed out, like, half the candidates to be used for their fragrance. Yeah. Yeah. For fragrance so, testing. So funny enough, like, um, when you when you get hired there, that's one yeah. of the first, like, kind of fun tests you can yeah. do because a lot of times before they send anything out for like yeah. bigger scale testing they test with the employees yeah yeah i failed that test <laughs> really <laughs> hardcore <laughs> so, it's pretty hard honestly yeah. it's it's really hard and i i also that's one of the departments that i think would be so fun to shadow in but yes. i think like long term for me i'm like you know, it's like you can only smell so many things a day, um, but they do all sorts of studies because every type of format is different, right? 
your aerosols, your shampoo, like mm-hmm. all the ways that the fragrance is dispersed is so different. So if you can imagine all the types of fun testing that they can do, it's a really exotic like, really department. Is. And the houses are elusive. Like, yes. Yeah. So I still remember one of uh, the main tests. Basically, you have a bunch of fragrance samples. Yeah. And let's say you get three samples. You have to say, oh, which one's different? Mm-hmm. Right. So the first couple, it's always easy. It gets harder. It's like IQ yeah. test. It gets harder. Yeah. And by the third one, I was like, <laughs> like they're oh, all no. different. You're a liar. <laughs> or like, no, they're all the same. Like, oh, so bad. It was. It was really hard. Yeah. The best story that I've heard about fragrance is actually when you when I walked into the Louis Vuitton department store. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, they're, they're like boutique in the malls. Mm-hmm. And um, I think at the time they had just come out with like four fragrances. And I always tell Gloria this. It's like when you walk in, you ask them about the fragrance. They give you this like beautiful story about how their master perfumer mm-hmm. like went out on a trip for four years around Europe to capture the essence of Louis Vuitton. And I shit you not, one of those fragrances, I swear, is just pure leather. Like... <laughs> It's like, it, this is the embodiment of Louis Vuitton in their bags. And you smell it and you're like, it smells like a Louis Vuitton purse, you know? But I'm mm-hmm. like, how do I get this gig? Because this gig sounds awesome. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, but I also find it kind of funny. It's like, okay, it took them four years. But was there an actual deadline to the project? Or all this person's like, oh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I still need three more months in Greece. The essence <laughs> has not been captured. Yeah, uh, I, I think... I think Australia's next. <laughs> I really <laughs> believe that's where the essence is. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah. Fun fact about perfumes. Yeah. Um, anyway, then- we digress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna bring it back now. All right. What's next? Uh, next, there is an Ulta and Target mm-hmm. collaboration that some of you might be seeing soon. So, mm-hmm. what's really exciting is Ulta is gonna start setting up um, their own little section in yeah. a certain select target soon yeah. um that means you guys will see cosrx uh copari shiseido clinique mac it cosmetics basically um brands you typically don't see a target in the target very soon so very exciting i think that's huge yeah um, it is. that's definitely gonna elevate the target experience um but i don't know if you've had the experience gloria like some targets are awesome and some targets are like a little bit forgotten Mm. and like i always wonder like is this going to be a rollout like for all the stores or um the news article i saw says it's a hundred stores first so i'm pretty sure they pick sections that for sure but they are doing so well in their like design and like everything's elevated yeah if you guys check back your instagram from before covid um the two of us actually did an accelerator for targets um with Target's program. It was awesome. And we learned so much. Yeah. And um, we got a kind of an insider peek yeah. about things that you never even really think to think about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. How they des- uh, designed the floor plan, yeah. uh, how they have to cater to different parts of town. Yeah. It's it's really neat. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Next. All right. Finally. This one is <laughs> a chonky one. But yeah. Sephora is looking ahead, trying to get ahead of the curve. Mm. Um, clean beauty is big right now, so they are thinking about what's clean plus, what mm-hmm. is next on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And they have a new um, a new kind of guideline, uh, literally called clean plus climate positive, basically combining the idea of clean ingredients and sustainability. And here are a few goals that you have to meet to, vote, to qualify for those. All right. So you have a 
clean ingredients by their dis, uh, by their clean beauty label. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, climate commitments. Okay. So you have to meet one or more of the following. It's either carbon neutral operations, greenhouse gas emissions reduction targets, and action plan to meet them. Corporate office and owned for or lease operations powered by 100% renewable energy. Mm-hmm. Three is sustainable sourcing. Okay. Cruelty free uh, is one of the requirements. That's sustainable sourcing? Uh, yes, sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, only sustainability harvested palm um, okay. palm kernel. Uh, okay. It has to be RSPO mass balance segregated. Uh, okay. You have to have mica that avoids child and forced labor. Okay. Uh, with uh, Vedic suppliers and whatnot. Sure. No microplastics, and they actually have a. Uh, uh, size regulations that's less than or equal to five millimeters in diameter. Mm. And then for CBD brands, it has to meet Sephora CBD standards. I I didn't bother clicking into this. I read it. It's <laughs> oh, really did. vague. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like they're just vetting their CBD sourcing to make sure that it's full spectrum. That's really the main thing. Yes. There you go. Yep. <laughs> and then for is a chunky one this one is responsible packaging mm-hmm. no single use items or quote unquote unnecessary materials okay uh da, 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 da. basically they are trying to eliminate single use formats um i find that kind of interesting I, I don't know how how it's gonna move away from it because yeah. i tested samples in those packets or have just been around for so long yeah. that Anyway, but that's... I was also thinking because they have their whole Sephora line of, like, their mask bar. Yeah. So all those sheet masks are probably going to have to go. Mm. Um, a lot of their, like, makeup applicators, things like that. I'm just curious what's going to happen to all of that. Right. Uh, and then there's one a little vague. Designing with recyclability in mind. What I find interesting is, like, they talk about comprising only of PET, PP, LDP, HDP, mm-hmm. which is kind of a broad list, uh, innovating with refillable components and post-consumer recycled content, and then new launches beginning as soon as 2021 must meet at least three of the following, 30% or more PCR or upcycle materials, or at least 75% material that can be infinitely recycled, such as aluminum and glass. And, uh, da, 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 da. yeah, it's really long. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had a couple notes on mm. all of this. So one was the climate commitment. Um, I think that the, uh, when Gore is mentioning about like going carbon neutral, the greenhouse gas emissions, a lot of this, especially for small brands, is not very applicable because you're starting to look at your vendors. And so something like going carbon neutral, a lot of times that's compensated by giving a donation. Mm. And that's how you get that carbon. You'll see there's a specific symbol that we'll put here. Um, that's actually a more of a financial donation to offset their carbon output. And I would say like, so it's, there is a little bit of like reading between the lines. I feel like when it comes to this, I also immediately going through all this, it kind of felt like if any of you watch F1, it feels like it, it felt like the F1 regulation. Like, what yeah. loopholes? How are we going to get around yeah. this? You know, what does this actually mean? Um, so that's kind of how I felt with at least that that part, because I think for smaller brands, that's that's actually incredibly challenging. It really is. It's a very to do a, the literal meaning. Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty lofty goal. And I think like great that Sephora is kind of spearheading this initiative. Um 
it's going to be very difficult. And I think um, to Victoria's point, some of these are going to be a little, yeah. a little gray. Yeah. Um, I think we're just still figuring out the way. For example, yeah. like sustainable palm. Yeah. Uh, RSPO has done a lot of work, yeah. and the thing is, um. There are different tiers to yes. how sustainable the, your palm is. Yeah. Uh, there is a grade where it is just a donation. Yes. Um, and the palm supply chain is completely nutso. It, and it's honestly, it's a bigger problem than just cosmetic because it's so prevalent in food too. Yeah. And before people say, oh, go palm free. But then you have to think about what's the alternative, right? Do you turn to corn? Do you turn to coconut? All of those things lead to their- other cons. Right. Yep. Right, so it's a really big problem that's honestly way bigger than skincare, way bigger than beauty, but it's great that it's at least inching towards the right direction. True, and the other thing is you'd be surprised how many ingredients required an intermediate uh, of palm. Yeah. That's palm source. So, like, how many levels does that go? We don't know, you know. Um, And I think that's actually, to me, what caught my eyes most challenging out Mm -hmm. of all of that. Some of the packaging ones I thought were interesting, too. Like, I hate, I personally deeply hate refillable (laughs) packaging because I just don't think that actually solves it. And Mm -hmm. just to say yours is refillable doesn't mean that, like, sure, you might be cutting down slightly your plastic footprint immediately, but, like, it, it, it doesn't, we still prefer the PCR. Um, that's post-consumable, uh, post-consumer recycled Recycled. plastic. Mm -hmm. Sorry. So yeah, so that, that to me is like the one where I'm like, I don't really know if I, that's my favorite I think refillable has always been like, uh, an idealistic target almost a little bit because the reality is, especially we're in industry where you're always going to try new things. Mm -hmm. So you might get something that's refillable, but are you refilling it? Yeah. and, Uh And I was thinking about this. It's like, I... So we've gotten samples of refillable things. There is no reason for me to need that outer jar. Just give yeah. me the inner jar and I'll be fine, you know. You have so, a sample right here. <laughs> like, I'm fine with that, you know. And so I, I don't know. And then the other thing I kind of, I was more interested in is, like, um, sunscreens. A lot of these, like, more complicated formulas, um, oils that are more hydrophilic friendly, um, they have a really tough time with plastic. And when you use like single plastics that make it more easily recyclable, it doesn't always work out. So um kind of curious how that how yeah. that's gonna go. It's going to be a tough problem. And and also to Victoria's point, given what we do, we have a bunch of um, packaging samples lying yeah. around. A lot of these, um, of course, some of them are very well done, yeah. but some of the say PC are heavy um, plastic. Mm-hmm or refillable packaging is incredibly cheap feeling yeah. and it doesn't and someone i we have a sample where the lid didn't want to close after using it once so like how much of a problem are you solving if it's not a very good robust packaging so it's it's anyway it's complicated so um don't expect miracles by the end of the year but the industry uh, the world as a whole is kind of working towards that direction. I was going to ask you, is this rollout by the end of this year? Or is it just kind of like a couple years and they're going to just, you have to get to point A and then like 2022 point B? A lot of of the goals are by 2022. Ah, okay. So there's like a phase out kind of thing. Yeah. Or kind of like a, we'll see what happens in 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right, cool. What's next? Cool. So uh, very briefly, 
We talked about Unilever acquiring Paul's Choice. Mm-hmm. That deal is now complete. Mazel tov. Undisclosed amount, but I'm pretty sure they made out with a good amount. Apparently, of money. the word on the streets, it's $2 billion. Jesus. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Goals. <laughs> All right. Um, but lastly, I have a new launch I want to share with Victoria. This is a Clinique's even better clinical radical dark spot corrector and interrupter. <laughs> oh, just gotta gotta put in the interrupter. <laughs> yes, the name is kind. Of, the name is a mouthful. Um, I highlighted one of the ingredients they called out because okay. I thought the claim was like deserving of a shout out because it's a little erpy erpy. Mm. Um, they called out glucosamine in this product, and it says weakens the bond that holds dead skin cells together to encourage the departure of cells containing melanin. Oh. Er? Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, oh. Encourage the departure of cells is the term they use. Farewell. It's a formal goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, and I'll be honest, glucosamine is like not on my radar before this at all as something that can basically chemically exfoliate your skin. I was going to say glucosamine is what I used to feed my old dog (laughs) as a supplement. It is what my fiance takes for his joint problems (laughs) as well. There you go. Yeah, but you know, the funny thing is like I did, I try to look into it to see like where that claim came from. Yeah. There's a few studies of oral glucosamine helping out skin which to me makes sense you okay. know like joint lubricity and stuff mm. you know and uh and then there's a few studies of using glucosamine topically um the one study that i found that talks about using glucosamine potentially as a chemical exfoliant was done in 2009 the abstract has no data on like oh the actual test and like and there was like just walls around it i have no access to it so uh cool (laughs) then there's a 2013 study that showed that it has on ex vivo skin so basically skin that's been cut out from your from your body like biopsies and whatnot and study and showed that it has um hydration benefits um and then it was done in real life people okay eight people oh yeah big all eight people agreed that glucosamine be nice <laughs> so uh so yeah Gloria, would you replace this with your ahas bhas or phas yeah sure when i don't want to exfoliate anymore <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it so anyway but awesome. i also want to share the top couple top mm. couple of ingredients with victoria okay hit me uh-uh, let's decode that il the ingredient list goes Water, cyclopentasiloxane, dimethicone, mm. polysilicone 11, isododecane, feeling glycol, ascorbyl glucoside, da 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 Sounds like it feels silky, silky smooth. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, cyclopentasiloxane, also known as D5. Feels great. Feels great. Beautiful. It, yeah, got some weird uh, environmental controversies going on with it. Then you have dimethicone. Polysilicone 11 is a basically thing about your dimethicone going this way and then they cross-link with each other that's basically what polysilicones are and then isododecane all these are what we call shoop shoop <laughs> shoop materials they just glide on your skin exactly oh, so you should actually just as a helpful tip when you do see something like that think and um, I guess assume that it's going to be a nice gel cream. So that's what you're looking at. Yeah. And um, I also want to add that with a lot of silicones, that means let's say you have 
another product that's all water-based, if you have a toner, if you have a serum that's 100% water-based, you definitely want to put that on before this product because silicone is not going to help the absorption. Yeah. And I, I will say I do, uh, as much as the name is a little eye-rolly and the glucosamine is eye-raising, um, I I do like the ascorbyl glucoside. I see that it also has bicolin, which is, I mean, outside of uh, L'Oreal's, they, they also love that active. Um, I think it's great. So, yeah. yeah. Mulberry root extract has surprisingly decent data as yeah. well. So, um, if you if you're a fan of a silicone texture, which some people are, it's like it is very light and yeah. like very silky. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give it a go. Let us know how you like it. Do you know how much it is? It's like something like eighty five dollars. Up, I mean, here, something like that. <laughs> I mean, so long as it isn't four hundred dollars, like the rose diamond cream. I am still in <laughs> awe. My goodness! Uh, All right, is it time? It is time. It's time for the meat. The meat. The meat. And today it's all about an acne update. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) We got a lot of science to talk about. Um, I feel like my skin knows it's acne because I'm like breaking out and it's making me upset. But it is what it is. So um, what I will preface with before we get into this is that we're not going to spend too much time on like the bio, the mechanisms, the research too much. Um, We actually did this. I think we did this like a year or two ago. Um, Has it been that long? Yeah, it's been a while since we've done our acne update. And I really felt that what was missing was more of the product side. So we actually Mm -hmm. want to spend a good chunk of that talking about routines um, to target acne and also something that seems to always be forgotten is acne scarring. So that's what you're going to get here. You're not going to get like a research update. We're not really going to talk about like microbiome research um that's all more to come later down the road yep yeah so um to start we we always like to do a a quick overview of the biology sometimes we get that like talking about products and the logic of how to put uh, a routine together um i would like to think if you know a little bit about biology and what you're targeting it it maybe makes more sense it's easier to remember also it puts just puts logic to what you're doing exactly Um, yeah so um, as of now, uh, they know that there are four areas of focus um, for acne breakouts. The first one is excess sebum production. See the previous episode yeah. on sebum production in general and um, why it's such a difficult problem to tackle. Uh, and it's unhelpful sometimes when it gets lumped in as like uh, as the same problems acne exactly. when they're kind of separate issues. Exactly. Good point. And then second is hypro... Ugh, excuse me. <laughs> the second one is hyperproliferation of the cutie bacterium acnes. Cuties. Yeah. So if you... If anyone's been doing following research like from maybe like five, ten years ago, it used to be called P acnes. They've changed all that. It's now called cutie bacterium acnes. These are the ones that they singled out, are the ones that are really causing acne, whereas P. acnes is a much more general category that's actually quite healthy. You know, these can be healthy bacteria. So they wanted, you know, to create a more focused target. Um, And what this means is when there's hyperproliferation, it means that it's an overgrowth. Um, So your microbiome essentially is out of sync. Um, Your cutie bacteria are kind of just, they're overpopulating. 
and there's an imbalance in your bacteria flora or diversity. And yeah. this is why a lot of acne treatment, especially when you go see a derm, um, they'll put you on some sort of antibacterial. Yeah, exactly. And number three is hyperkeratinization of the pilosebaceous follicle. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what happens here means that your skin is shedding. It's overshedding. Um, and this actually makes the follicle a great place for C acnes because they like to feed on that excess yeah skin cells and whatnot all that it's all nutrients to them and they grow and that's how you're gonna get that lesion um yeah and then finally number four is the inflammatory mechanism Ooh, oh inflammation is such a big topic in skincare yeah. and we'll tell you we have a blog article on inflammation in general yeah link here uh <laughs> it is a really complex to talk about actually inflammation in general is really complex yeah. to talk about you'll see it from anything like skincare obviously and then there's like a lot of um cancer research that's yeah. linked to inflammation yeah. inflammatory response we when we wrote the blog article we kind of dove into skin's like inflammatory response and oh me eyes oh my god yeah, yeah. it's very complex mm -hmm. all sorts of triggers um Honestly, an inflammatory response is a good thing, right? Because that means your immune system is working. But too much of a good thing can, can become a bad thing. Finding that balance, that homeostasis is, is the name of the game. So yeah, and we're gonna, you're gonna see this as a reoccurring theme as we like talk through products. Um, so yeah, and so those are the four pillars. Mm -hmm. And um, all of the treatments, prescription, topical, um, cosmetic otc they're all actually meant to target these four but there's only one that's actually able to target all four of these the others maybe only hit one to two of these and mm -hmm. so that's actually accutane um accutane has been found to be the only one that can cover all four of these pillars um so just wanted to put that out there and also explain why acne is so complicated and there is no cure so that's the that's the name of the game yeah and that's why accutane is still so relevant yeah. um even though it has like a lot of side effects you do have to work around yeah yeah and then um yeah and then we also wanted to kind of talk about maskne so maskne has now been studied um with all of covid and i think it's a great little like fun fact corner to kind of just talk about some of the findings of maskne why it's occurring what's happening and maybe some tips on like what to do so um yeah gloria what, what did we learn we learn nothing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, masks create this enclosed um, environment mm -hmm. where you're breathing into, mm -hmm. which is adding to the humidity. So yeah. let's say you're already living somewhere humid. This is like ultra humid. Mm -hmm. And that warmth, that humid microclimate really contributes to bacterial growth and yeah. also contributes to um, a buildup of like just sebum, your just everything. Yeah. Um, not hard to think about and uh, the other aspect is definitely the contact dermatitis mm -hmm. um there's like constant rubbing and whatnot in this area and of course that creates um that makes your skin a little bit more sensitive to irritation yeah. and definitely doesn't help with inflammation so yes mass knee is a very very real phenomenon it's definitely not in your head at all um and yeah what do we do for mass knee yeah so i mean if you're someone who let's say 
isn't our, uh, isn't someone that's uh, regularly has breakouts and this is a new phenomenon for you um, definitely you can look at certain topicals like BPO something that's a little bit more short-term to use um, uh, whereas like adapalene also is definitely worth a shot but understand that that process is a little longer and just stick with it you know um, just uh, keep in mind that it's a temporary situation however if you do feel like you are already on acne med medication. Um, this is something you can definitely work with your derm. Um, honestly, the way for all this to end is for us to stop wearing masks, um, which, you know, at this point in time, may not be it's the best scenario kind of right now. Going, yeah. yeah, but just keep to it. Try to take breaks. Um, also, if you are, if you've got a rubbing situation going on, which does um, actually aggravate acne, um, what you can do is thinking about like silicone, some of those like silicone strips um, to pad those areas of rubbing and kind of alleviate that friction that's happening. So those are some some ways just to get through this period of time. Yeah. So that's it. All right. So anyways, that's like quick five minute overview. Mm -hmm. Hopefully gives you an idea of what we're all trying to tackle. Like let's get into products. Right. So first of all, acne is a complex problem and we need to remind everyone the difference uh, between the different grades of treatment yeah. you can get if you will so there are three types of products there's cosmetic versus otc versus prescription so prescription is very easy to understand you need a derm um to prescribe you these things yeah. and that's your accutane your tretinoin um and then there's otc otc are products where you'll see a label in the back with that drug facts label mm -hmm. that's how you know it's otc they are more uh I want to say almost more proven on a federally regulated level. Yeah. And usually there's a designated range of concentration that these products have to have. Yeah. So for acne, that's um, salicylic acid. That's your benzoyl peroxide or BPO. And also nowadays, adapalene, which is a retinoid. 0.1%. Yes. And yeah. then there's cosmetic gray, which is um, ingredients that's been tested, maybe just in academia or suppliers have shown that it works on acne but usually you can't make You'll never hear it be claimed as to treat acne yes so <laughs> you have um certain ingredients ingredients are thought to help with acne mm -hmm. includes like tea tree oil mm -hmm. um there's also azelaic um, acid azelaic acid which is actually awkwardly a prescribed component but you'll see it in cosmetics and they don't claim it as an acne ingredient right and uh what else is pretty common that when you hear stuff like witch hazel those aren't otc they are considered it's cosmetic the cult following the cult theories on acne yes exactly yeah. and uh, those can be very helpful supplementary um ingredients some do have good data um some of the issue comes from um the the percentage that you're gonna get is yeah. definitely not regulated like otc so it could take some decodes for sure yeah so first things first let's get into some of the major otc players actually these would be otc and some cosmetic but um the first one is bpo um probably the the old school you're used to stain your pillowcase stain your pillows and towels and in your you know you get face washes and whatnot um there is a very important role, although a lot of people hate it. Um, they think it doesn't work. But um, a lot of times BPO is prescribed to actually help when people are using antibiotics. Um, 
there is a problem of creating antibiotic resistant strained acne, which is a oh nightmare my God. on another <laughs> level. Um, and it's found to help with that. Um, and you know, there is data showing that it is, um, it is helpful at even at levels of 5%. Um, a great addition to your routine. It's just a matter of managing the irritation that people are used to experiencing with it. Um, and then there's also a very cool paper that's actually shown that that combined with 0.3% adapalene does have a synergistic effect. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a great combo to pair with adapalene, which we're going to talk about now. Yeah, adapalene is a retinoid. Mm -hmm. um, a ret so a lot of people reach out to us asking the difference between, say, retinoid and retinol. Just um, mm -hmm. remember that retinoid is basically the umbrella yes. term for a whole category of ingredients. Yeah. Um, they're all, by category, we mean from a chemical structure perspective, they're all closely related. They're cousins of each other. Retinol is actually a cosmetic ingredient, and we usually... Even though they have some acne data, retinol is more for anti-aging and yeah. we wouldn't consider it an acne fighter. Um, prescription retinoids are your uh, your Accutane and your Tretinoin. And Adapalene is a synthetic form of it that's a relatively yeah. new ingredient that's um, kind of what in the same generation as like Tazeratine and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but Tazerac, yeah. Tazerac. Mm -hmm. And... Um, but adapalene has been approved for OTC use at the level of, uh, uh, at 0.1%. Yeah. And that's great news for everyone. That means you don't have to go to a derm to at least try out adapalene yeah. to see how it works for you. People love it because the side effects of adapalene are just so significantly less than tretinoin. Um, there's a lot of promising data on these, you know, combination combinatory therapies with um, ingredients like BPO. So it's just a really great retinoid. I'm honestly very happy that the 0.1% can be available OTC. Um, and I definitely consider this a great staple in someone who is used to a lot of acne breakouts. Yeah, you can yeah. find it in most drugstores. Mm -hmm. And I think the three major brands that have adapting products are different, which mm -hmm. is kind of like the OG mm -hmm. OTC um, yep. adapting product. Uh, I believe La Roche-Posay yes. has one and also Proactive. Yep. So yeah, there you go. And we've gotten some questions on asking if adapalene um it works like tretinoin and that it can help with fine lines and wrinkles and ah. is that a replacement for tretinoin the verdict's still out you know they haven't really quite looked at that yet they are looking at um adapalene for hyperpigmentation and all this and i'm sure we're going to see more data come out soon so yeah um, and I think the other one we have to call out is gluconolactone. Yeah, gluconolactone is one of the two yeah. um, PHAs you'll find sometimes. Yeah. Um, it is used in your baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually a very interesting ingredient when it comes to acne. Mm -hmm. um, there is a study that compares 14% gluconolactone mm -hmm. to, is it 5% BPO? Mm -hmm. Do you remember that correctly? Yeah, and found the performance to be on par. Yeah, and I really like that because... A lot of times when you are on something like adapalene, your skin your skin is very sensitive, um, so it can't really handle something like a glycolic. Um, and I think that introducing something like a gluconolactone is a great pairing for those off nights. Um, so that would be a way that we would incorporate those two. Gordon. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And also, I I do want to I do want to uh, add that gluconolactone is like it's a little difficult to find in that concentration. Going back to the point that cosmetic ingredients yeah. are, is, is a little bit off the table so if you see a gluconolactone treatment make sure to like 
check the ingredient list, make sure it's like pretty much close to the top of the list since it's a high use level product. For sure. And then finally, obviously this is cheating, but I had to talk about sunscreen. Sunscreen. Uh, acne, people who are dealing with acne hate it. I also hate it, but um, it has been studied that sun exposure does aggravate acne. Um, your skin, when it's had too much sun, um, it kicks in those inflammatory receptors and it can definitely cause an inflammatory reaction in your acne breakout. So that's why it's really important and just general care of your breakouts to, you know, um, definitely use a sunscreen on top of the whole skin's cancer issue. Actually, we should put a link here. Here are some of our community favorites. You know that I think a lot of people who follow us are mm -hmm. long-term skin enthusiasts. And yeah. um, a lot of the sunscreens that pick out are really great choices. Um, light textures that's not super offensive to yep. oily skin all right so those are some of the major players let's mm. talk about some of the secondary players and we call these secondary not so much um it we because we don't want you to make these the main squeeze of your routine um these are gonna just bolster you know your main actives and um also because just keep in mind acne we already talked about the four pillars. It requires a cocktail to really cover those four pillars. And that's why you can bring in these other guys. So first things first, azelaic acid, of course. Yeah, azelaic acid got a lot of good press in recent years. Yeah. One of the most notable studies is 20% azelaic acid, mm -hmm. actually compared to hydroquinone. Yeah. So um, people really like it um, for, com uh, basically it's a dual purpose, right? It, treats acne but at the same time fights a hyperpigmentation yeah. that can kind of come with acne scarring yeah um the catch the catch is it's hard to find it 20 percent yeah and that's why like you'll see the 10 percent azelaic acids they're all nice and all but for us like that's why we can't we wouldn't consider those these your major acne fighters um, um but definitely the good thing is you can definitely use azelaic acid both day and night. Yes. Um, great uh, pairing. Yeah, and I, and I do want to add that um, a lot. Since you can find a lot of 10% azelaic acid, recently we did a run of the hatchery. And I still remember uh, one this um, this person who uh, who sent us her routine. Yeah. Um, she mentioned that she mixes her azelaic acid like once a night with a serum or like on off night azelaic acid is a high use level ingredient yeah. so if you're already at 10 percent, because that's most of the products out there then and actually do make sure you use it like morning and night yeah. to get the most out of it yeah such a good point um and oh. also know that you know you um there are certain prescription drugs out there that do incorporate azelaic acid and if you're using like curology any of those telemedicine uh, programs, they also do include that. So just something to keep tabs on if you decide to go get your own azelaic acid out right. there. And I do want to add a side note. The reason why I personally hate azelaic acid <laughs> is that oh, no. from a chemist's perspective, uh, okay. this is a problem child that does not like to play with anyone. So it's we, very true. Yeah. So it, it doesn't want to go into anything. Doesn't want solubilizing oil. <laughs> doesn't want solubilizing water. It wants to sit it there by its grumpy self and throw a tantrum. <laughs> yes. So actually, a lot of that's why a lot of azelaic programs are a little pasty or like mm -hmm. milky because azelaic acid is just like chilling. Yeah. <laughs> and. You might think like, oh, well, then it's fine. But actually, that doesn't help your penetration, right. the penetration of azelaic acid at all. So that's why you don't want that. I think that's part of why the use level needs to be mm -hmm. so high because, yeah. 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 
Anyways. All right. I so guess. after that, um, AHAs and BHAs. Yeah. BHA is, as we mentioned, salicylic acid that is actually an OTC acne ingredient. Yeah. Now, Victoria, this is maybe a personal take from someone who don't i don't get acne very much but i always feel like cell acid is like a nice to have but by zero means a problem solver yeah no i i think that's a great point i mean there have been studies i mean we've seen the studies on like salicylic acid and cleansers for acne and it does seem to help mild acne breakouts um I totally agree. I don't think that it should be like the main squeeze. This is not going to be the miracle ingredient that completely you wake up the next day and your breakouts are gone. It's definitely not that. Not compared to the major players we were talking about. Um, And also, I I don't know why, but I think it's because all these BHA toners um, with all the spotlight on it. I feel like it's a little overhyped. Like, Mm. I gotta be honest. Like, I think that it's nice to have, if you can incorporate into your routine, that's great to add another layer. But you don't have to, re- again, rearrange your entire routine just Around to get this the guy cell in. acid, yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, if you, ha- if you can use a BHA in your cleanser step, then great. You've added, like, another level to your cocktail. But otherwise, like, you know, there's nothing to worry about. If you can't get it in, you can't get it in. Hey, sorry. <laughs> I just knew. Hey. <laughs> Finger guns. Okay. We're so much. Oh, I also want to add this yeah. is also a little bit of personal anecdote, yeah. but I personally I don't really like salicylic acid. Oh yeah, we all know. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like it. Okay. You've been it's saying like this secret. for like four episodes. No, like for me, it's like one of those things. It's like. It does nothing. It does nothing. It does nothing. It does nothing. You're shedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so on the other hand is AHA. So mm-hmm. that's your glycolic, lactic, and mandelic acid. Yeah. We disregard the other ones because they're like whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry, which one you mean? like? Citric, malic, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we don't care about those guys. Yeah, those are whatever. The mandelic. Um, I think we have to explain, mandelic is actually the largest molecule out of all the AHAs. You thought it was lactic acid. But mandelic surprisingly has all the acne data. Yes. So um, mandelic is a funny guy because actually if you look at the chemical structures, because you're really cool like us, <laughs> structures here, it has the oh, little... I thought you were pointing me really cool. Oh, yes, yeah, like, really cool. Like really cool. cool. <laughs> uh-huh. It has a ring. It looks actually a little bit like cell acid. Yeah. Um, so that means that it's one. it's got a funny solubility profile doesn't really love water goes into alcohol and lightly oil soluble which is actually a lot like cell acid so there's there's like it's not proven proven the data is a little bit lacking compared to lactic and glycolic but there's a a school of thought that says that oh hey it penetrates uh, a lot uh, better than glycolic and on lactics and that's why it's better for those with acneic skin and interesting enough there's a lot of um peel data on it combining with cell acid yeah um and yeah it's actually honestly a great ingredient to have or but it needs to be at a decent percentage yes so this is very difficult so like we have our, our specialist has 18 percent mandelic acid mm-hmm. um there's a few other products out there that uses mandelic acid i think dr wu has a a person and then there's also uh another brand i forgot what they're called i think it's five percent ten percent vivant skincare or something like Mm -hmm. that um but you'll notice that one of the common uh, common factor is that it has a lot of alcohol Mm -hmm. because as i mentioned doesn't want soluble as much so if you think about it it's like a weird balance act where 
you need to AHAs in general is a high use level ingredient but it doesn't want solubilize so again that's like sitting in no man's land like oh you need to mash bash enough into a formula exactly and that's anyway. why they have to use alcohol alcohol also helps with that penetration too but you need a uh, a legit solvent basically yeah. yeah anyway that's our little uh chemist nerd out but yeah it um AHAs, even glycolic, even though it's like a lot more surface level because mm-hmm. it doesn't penetrate well, has a lot of data to show that it does work. That increased cell turnover does help with acneic skin. Um, I do want to add that. In, sorry, mm-hmm. also in acneic skin or just uh, in general? like It's also in acneic skin, mm-hmm. but I will say a lot of times like most say glycolic peel studies, it's almost like a second secondary benefit they yeah. look at yeah, yeah exactly I, I think that's the thing to kind of mention here is that um cell turnover is great for an acne routine because you want to speed up the life cycle of the lesion so that's why it's it's nice to consider these aha adding an aha or bha but definitely um when you are on like a really heavy dose of acne treatment when your skin's feeling a little oversensitized is where it's like a really fine balance between all of these, especially if you're using something like tretinoin or retinoid, you're already dealing with that cell tor- turnover in a different mechanism. So mm, um, that's, that's why point. I just find that balance. Um, it's something you're going to need to fine tune. We always mention like definitely um, the goal here is to really focus on your main squeeze, usually the tretinoin, the prescribed treatment. And then after that, um, once you have a good understanding of that, then you can add some of these other guys in. Right. Um, yeah. And then got to talk about soothing. Soothing <laughs> is so important. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I think the, the th- we're going to get into this more with acne scarring, but you already know it's a major pillar um, in terms of what causes acne. So, and I com- I just feel this is so underrated in any acne routine. Mm-hmm. No one ever thinks to prioritize this, but you don't realize, like, wh- what do you want? A very angry, red, swollen lesion or less, you know, a, more, a lesion, but, you know, not as bad. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty, you know, that it all can help in your general, like, process and getting through your acne journey. So, um what are your favorite soothing ingredients, Gloria? Hmm. <laughs> I think, so, okay, if you want the full rant today, Gloria, go back to the <laughs> inflammation episode. Soothing, very important, but it can be a difficult category yeah. for us to talk about because mm-hmm. some of the data is a little lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Visible works very well for me. Mm-hmm. It is an oil-soluble soother. Yeah. Um, Centella is all the rage, and I think it's for great reason. Um, and <clears throat> and that that is a pretty common ingredient, but you do want to look for the more active format of it, yeah. in metacasticide or asiaticicide. Yeah. Um. So for me, those are probably my favorite. Um. I think it's just a difficult category because a lot of times, like because again, because it's not OTC, it's not there's is there isn't a guaranteed um percentage or um how do you say. It, there isn't a set test either to say, hey, this works as a topical soother. It's because anti-inflammatory tests would be make it a drug as well. So that adds the com- complexity. To the complexity. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think those are some of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I do love looking at different 
um different ingredient suppliers like soothing data yeah because some are very creative yeah there are ones that will irritate skin first with say a, a lactic acid that's mm-hmm. unneutralized so you induce the irritation or even with um with uv light mm-hmm. and then you apply these soothers to see how it goes those are considered like pretty good tasks yeah and then i've seen suppliers do studies that's literally like how do you feel? And they track your feelings and your mood. Yes, after a mood life. study. And they make you take a lie detector. You think I'm making, making no, this we're up? No, we're not making I have up. seen it. It is not a joke. So anyways, yes, I, I totally agree. It's, a, it's very much. Sorry. Victoria and I sat there completely like straight face. And, mm-hmm. You have well, to understand how hard this is for us because there, we just have so much expression in our faces. jokesters, yeah. And then this guy was like, and then 84% of the people agreed that they feel happier afterwards. <laughs> and we were like, wow. <laughs> we shall uh, not need that supplier, but hey. <laughs> it just hurts me knowing how much money they spent on that. Yeah, you invited 100 people just to ask if they're happy or not after using cream. <laughs> yeah, so, but um, I will also add, I also like um, Alantuan, Panthenol, yes. uh, colloidal oatmeal, um, colloidal oatmeal is actually uh, would be considered OTC as well. So there's just some areas you can look at. Um, there are actually some peptides out there that are also geared towards soothing. Yes. Um, just really look at the clinicals um, just to kind of get an understanding of actual efficacy because sometimes, unfortunately, soothing can also be that um, kind of like afterthought claim that if you can't get anything else, yeah, kind of like antioxidants, kind of it can be soothing, you know? So no. so that's why it's it's a little difficult. <gasps> oh, maybe it's not temple has theory. Oh, but clown theory? Clown theory is clown hat here. <laughs> is that I think antioxidant and anti-inflammatory is like, it's basically a lot of science sitting in a clown car. <laughs> It's it's very true that they are very important ingredients. They do not sign up to be in the clown car. Right. But but the clown car is driving the clown train and they're like I don't give a shit if the legit claim or not. Anyway. You're absolutely right. It's so true. So many get dumped onto this clown claim train. Anyway, the clown train next. Uh next, face wash. Um I think the reason why I, I put this on here is because I think acne, those who deal with acne really sh- like glorify their cleanser and can get like really into cleansers and are picky. And I think that's like good. But the other thing is like, I just want to remind you that like the cleanser is not going to be the make or break of your routine. Right. Supplement. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a supplement. Well, I guess it's, it's what's going to give you that blank canvas mm. to apply all of your treatments. So um, think of it more in terms of function than like the thing that will solve your acne breakouts. Because if you go on Amazon, you start looking at like cleansers for acne, you start reading the reviews, it will make you think that some of these cleansers are what's going to solve your acne problems. Right. And that's not really how that goes. You know, yes, like consider something with maybe a lower pH or, you know, maybe consider one with salicylic acid, you know, but it's not, it, it, the over, some of these reviews are just like misleading and can really just 
throw you off the, uh, just throw off your strategy in terms of tackling your routine. Yeah, and if you need any inspiration, episode 25 is our cleanser, our latest cleanser overview where we try to address most of your cleanser questions. I just realized it's just going to be like poop, 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 yeah, poop, 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 Quickly want to touch base on witch hazel, willow bark. You hear about all those like face sprays, whatnot. All great supplements. Consider them more for like soothing. You know, uh, willow bark um, can be considered like a third cousin of salicylic acid, more gentle approach, you know, so that's the alternative there. But um, that's really considered more like the soothing category. Yeah, yeah. it's. Um one that we wish we could say we found a surprisingly good clinical um <laughs> we but keep we did looking not. it's not like we don't every year we do an annual witch hazel update it's still Ooh, a mystery no update but <laughs> if, if you like it by all means it doesn't hurt yeah um wouldn't rely on them as miracle workers yeah and then finally clay masks gloria please share <sighs> your top tip again remind everyone how helpful it can be hi my name is Gloria, and I'm here <laughs> today to share with you my top tip for your peeling experience. Um, AHAs, glycolic, and lactic acid are water-soluble. If you have more oily skin, it makes those ingredients, it doesn't help with penetration yeah. at all. So this is where your clay mask comes in. It does take off a lot of that excess sebum, um, and that gives you the a blank slate to apply your AHA products to help glycolic acid work that much better. Thank you. I'll be here all day. Hey. <laughs> Here's the tip drawer. <laughs> anyway, but yes, I've said this a few times, but clay mask is a great way to go. I do want to add that I do not believe in clay mask. I feel like that you're exercising demons from your pores. <laughs> yeah. There are some that it's a great burn. Point. Yeah. Burn and it's like not helpful. Again, you got to manage the irritation. It is a major pillar. So that's not the goal. Drying it out. And then exercising with more topicals, it's not always helpful. So I think go. I remember I was visiting my friend Andy. He had a clay mask and he said, Oh, this works really well. So I put it on and while I was washing my face, I was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so painful. And you, Andy, that shit hurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and then we just got to add a note about um, layering your skincare when you do have a pres uh, prescribed treatment. Um, first things first, have your derm take a look at your existing routine mm. and grill them on where you're supposed to put that treatment, what time, night or day, you know, have them just give you the uh, green check mark on your routine. Um, so that that's one thing. The other thing is if let's say you are trying to build a routine um, around the prescription, um, focus more on the fundamentals, cleansing, moisturizing, sunscreen, and then soothing, you know, just you want to just understand that how your skin is doing on that prescription right. before you start adding in all these other ones. It's really hard. It I, is. I, I can definitely vouch that I've had the worst acne routine for many, many years before I understood any of this. Yeah. What a shame. And definitely anyway. feel free to reach out for us if you need some routine yeah. tips and stuff. For sure. Uh, I think we need to take a break. We need to take a break. Gore needs a break. This episode is really long. <laughs> <laughs>